Welcome to Episode 7 of SDA Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Shapiro. First today, we have Chris Shankhuizen with the news. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break. I am Chris Shankhuizen. I will be heading up today's news section. To start off, there is a late start day tomorrow. All right, now moving past that. This Thursday is the SDA's art show and creative exhibition at the Mosaic and Mustang Gallery from 5 to 7. Be there or be square. Moving on, this Friday, during homeroom, there will be a scheduled safety drill. So please be prepared and don't scream when the alarm sounds. This Friday will also be the opening night of The Mouse That Roared. It will be showing this Saturday, as well as next week's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, all starting at 7 p.m. in the theater. Tickets can be purchased at seatyourself.biz forward slash the cost for tickets is $8 for students and $15 for adults. The end of the semester is less than three weeks away on January 23rd. The following Monday and Tuesday are in-service days, which means no school for students. This is also known as semester break. Speaking of academics, the AP test registration is now open. Test information can be found on the front page of the school's website. The regular registration closes on March 16th, so make sure you register early. On a more fun note, formal is almost exactly one month away, February 7th, and at the Natural History Museum in Balboa Park. This year's theme, Ancient Allure. Take that how you will, I'm not responsible for anything. Community Day is February 26th. Yay, so be prepared. And finally, the exchange students from Northern Japan have arrived as of today. So make sure you pop your head in and say hello. Thank you, and this has been the news. Next, we have Yanni Kruvi with his Music Picks of the Week. What's up, guys? Welcome to the first installment of Yanni's Music Picks of the Week. What we're going to do on this segment is we're going to talk about four different genres. We got R&B, Top 40, Rock, and EDM. So uh, this week's picks, uh, we're going to start off with our R&B. We have Tori Kelly. Um, her single, Paper Hearts, Don't think I would just forget about it. might be one of my favorite songs of hers. She, her voice is like an angel's. Her falsetto is absolutely incredible. The production is great. Um, the song is so mellow, and um, I just love listening to it. Um, I think it's a lot better than Dear No One. Um, and anything on her album forward. So now that we're done with R&B, we're gonna move on to rock. Um, for our first rock pick, we have Tom Sawyer by Rush. Geddy Lee on synth is so great. He is absolutely revolutionary. Well, in the 80s, I mean. Um, him and Neil Peart's dynamic uh, together on that song is breathtaking. And the lyrics also just, like, obviously it's a literary metaphor, but, you know, I don't care. They're still, they're still important, and Rush is very influential, I think, on the rock genre um, till today, uh, much more than Pink Floyd or any other band from there from that era. 
Um, now we're going to move on to our EDM genre. And that is personally my favorite because um, anyone can teach themselves to play guitar, play piano, whatever. But EDM, you really need some talent for that. Like, you need to know how everything flows together. And um, especially when you make mixes and stuff, it's um, the stuff that people can do is just crazy. Um, so our first artist is Subtract and his single Wildfire. Hey, yeah. And Subtract is sort of a Daft Punk artist. He's anonymous. Nobody knows what he looks like. Um, nobody knows his real name. Um, and he, But we do know that he's Native American because um, to keep with his anonymity, he wears um, ceremonial masks at all of his concerts, and whenever he appears, he's always wearing that, sort of like the Daft Punk helmet thing. Um, but Wildfire is so cool. The drop is so sick, and the vocals um, just are crazy. Like, it's hard to believe that it's a boy singing because it is so high up there. Um, but it's very, very calming until you hear that bass and it's crazy. And it's just, it's just a jam song. Um, he's one of my favorite artists in EDM. And for our final genre, we're going to have the top 40. Um, this is usually not the best because it's just pop, whatever. Um, but... One of the songs that recently came out is Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars and Mark Ronson. Um, Bruno Mars, I don't think, has come out with anything noteworthy in the past few years. Um... People might disagree, but that's what I think because he's just another pop singer. But this song takes so many elements from um, 70s slap and um, just influential people like, let me think, Count Basie even in that, um, in the bass breakdown in that song. Um, in the vocals, he's Bruno Mars is singing, Mark Ronson's on guitar, um, and he has like 13 guys uh, backing him up. Um, they sing the second chorus, and they sound great, um, but I think Bruno Mars really shines in this one. Um, he, like, his vocals are so, so grungy, kind of. And, like, gritty, and, like, they have some soul in them, which I don't really hear from him a lot. Um, but, yeah, this song is, like, going up everywhere. Like, Australia, like, Europe, is it's everywhere on the top charts. It's number one, um, especially in the U.S. I hear it all the time. Um, but I don't mind that because uh, it's got some instruments in there that Bruno Mars doesn't really use like they have a horn section which is great 
um, he's plays synth, I think, in the in the bridge, which is cool. Um, yeah, and I just go hard to that song, you know. Um, so that's all we have for Yanni's music picks of the week. I'll see y'all next time. Peace out. Next, we have Alex Smith and Austin Chester with Nerdvana. Welcome to Nerdvana, our weekly show of geekiness and ultimate nerddom. This week, I, your host, Alex Smith, will be joined by third-time guest on the show, Mr. Chester. I'm back. With a vengeance. And long-time guest, Chris Schenkeisen. Hello. Today, we're going to be talking about CES. It's a, one of the biggest tech shows of the year happening in Las Vegas right now. And all of us have a, either one or a couple things we want to talk about that we've seen at the show this year. You can go ahead, Chester. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is a really cool conference, and there's like lots of cool things that come out of it. But you also have to realize uh, independent makers also bring stuff there. And some of the weirdest things I've ever seen are there. There is the uh, new smart kettle that's activated through Wi-Fi. So you can program your kettle to heat up before you come home. So after a long day's work on your drive home, your kettle can be ready when you come home. That, that sounds kind of awesome. They also have a new smartwatch out right now that claims it does your typical smartwatchy things. There's pro, there's a heart monitor in there, um, tells time. You can answer messaging on it. It's supposed to work with both iPhone and Android. Uh, but the biggest thing that it's boasting is an eight-month battery life. So you're telling me a watch can tell time? Exactly. It's it's kind of a miracle. Now. Oh, what is the, like the normal life for a battery, a smart battery, or a smart watch? I, I'm assuming it's like an iPhone where it's like you get a day and <laughs> you have to charge you, it. You can get, uh, I think with one of the newer models of the Pebble, you can get like two to three days out of it just because they're so small and it's a small display. And the battery accounts for most of the weight on that thing. But uh, eight month battery life is incredibly impressive for pretty much any piece of smart technology right now. No one can actually back this up right now because no one's owned the watch for eight months. But it's it's supposed it's slated to come out either later in the 2015 or early 2016. So that should be a kind of cool thing to look at this year. Very cool, very cool. What you got, Chris? Um, well, I have a slightly new topic, which is the Mercedes-Benz self-driving car supposed to be the new and hot topic. However, it appears that Tesla was already claiming that they could do it in the same amount of time that Mercedes-Benz has they been able to. They actually released it two years ago. And then it's Google. It's not street legal. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, there's the issue of like the unavoidable accidents and whose fault and oh. all those problems. Mm -hmm. Lots of legal issues. And then there's also the Google smart car that drives itself. So many companies. That thing looks like a face. And it I, looks like a rodent with a face, that Google smart car. Yeah. And I believe right now there's also a, let me check it right now. Yeah, an Audi self-driving car that is taking a road trip from San Francisco to the CES show as we speak. So there is definitely a guy in that, because I want to see how a smart car fills itself. Oh, yeah, there is a guy in the car making sure nothing goes horribly wrong, but it will be on what they call the autopilot mode. You know, like a regular autopilot, except it can stop itself and things like that. So that's, that's also a kind of nifty thing. It's also the continuation of the curved screen that we saw at last year's CES, 
lots of curved screens with the giant, um, the giant, very, very high definition televisions, and now it's bleeding more into the smartphone market. So that iPhone bend was on purpose. Yes, the iPhone bend was on purpose. Fascinating, and that was only a year ago that it was showed at CES. Yeah, last year it was one of the bigger deals at CES that everyone had prototypes of the bend of the of the curved phone, just because apparently it makes the glass a lot stronger, and with the big TVs, it makes it very. It makes it nicer to view at all angles, apparently. And we also know how hard it is to keep iPhones uncracked. Oh, yes. Anything that makes them stronger should be supported. Well, and that's all that we're actually going to cover for CES at the moment. Uh, for more on that, you can go to the actual CES page. And that's our time for this week. This is Nerdvana signing out. Bye. Finally, we have Riley Murphy and Neil Wilcoxon with an update on the final schedule. Hi, my name is Riley Murphy, and I'm here with Neil Wilcoxon. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about the two minimum days that we're having at the end of this semester. So just to really give you a little bit of background, previously we were going to have a minimum day on Friday, January 23rd, which was essentially just going to be the end of the semester. Now the school has decided to change it so that both Thursday and Friday are minimum days, but there's a catch. So the catch is that um, we would have regular length periods on the minimum days, but only having periods one and two on the Thursday and having periods three and four on the Friday. So that's because it's actually going to be this new final schedule where they're encouraging teachers to have finals on those days so that we're able to wrap up the semester with finals, which was something that uh, we, hadn't, we had actually previously had here at uh, San Guido, but we had uh, changed it away from this sort of style and we just, of course, very recently changed it back. You know, what's interesting about this is in the past, teachers would often have finals on a previous day in the week, maybe the Wednesday or even the Tuesday sometimes, but this is definitely encouraging them to have it on that particular day, meaning that all students will have finals on the same day. How does that affect sort of the dynamic of the school, Riley? Well, I think some the complaint that I've heard just mostly from teachers, uh, or actually just uh, a few times, is that basically a lot of teachers like to sort of use those last few days as a day to relax and to, uh, if anything, just sort of hand out papers, sort out grade discrepancy problems, and in the end just really close the, the semester on a good note. Instead, we're, by the fact that we're shifting to this final schedule, is, is changing it so that uh, we're going to be more like the other schools in the district, whereas Every other, uh, well, LCC, CCA, and Torrey Pines actually all use the final schedule. So we're going to be shifting to uh, using a very similar schedule to them, which is going to make it so that, again, there's sort of this more academic focus on those last few days, which sort of changes the way that uh, we'll be approaching the different courses that are the non-academic courses that students are taking, where finals are unnecessary and, for some classes, really just impractical. Yeah, and then, then you've got to wonder, um, teachers have a certain period after, you know, the last day of the semester to enter their grades. Um, are they going to be getting um, longer for the grades? I mean, how long are people going to have to wait in order to see what their final grade is? Well, I think the final grade, from what I've seen, the final grade uh, posting is not going to be any different. It's going to be on Aries at the same time. But, uh, and what's also not changing is that on the Monday and Tuesday following these two minimum days, there will be no school. It's the teacher in-service days, as they call them. Teachers have to come in, and lucky for students, we don't. Yeah, and we did have those days before, am I right? Yeah, yeah. So that has not changed at all. Really, 
Interestingly, the only thing that has really changed is that Thursday is becoming a minimum day and that the class is just going to be periods one and two on Thursday and periods three and four on Friday. Yeah, and I mean, that, that does, if you would like to take your final in the afternoon, this might not necessarily work out for you. I mean, you're used to having your third period class after lunch and having it in the morning maybe creates a different environment for you. Mm -hmm. Definitely, and for all those morning people out there, there's definitely gonna be need, there's gonna have to be some adjustment to be made. Otherwise, uh, it could definitely have an effect on your final grade, on, on your final exam, which of course then affects your grade in the class. Yeah. So this has been uh, Riley Murphy and Neil Wilcoxon talking about the new final schedule that will be implemented here at SDA. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Have a great week, SDA.